If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a dentist. But instead of filling you in on ways to save on your policies, he'd probably be too busy filling in that loose crown. Or you could talk to your local Geico agent, who will use their expertise to polish up your policies, from home and auto to renters, motorcycle, boat, and RV too. So while, yes, your dentist can save your smile, your Geico agent could save you money, which will make you use that smile a whole lot more. To find a Geico agent near you, visit geico.com slash local. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that that you see, the days will come where nothing will be left, not even a stone upon another stone. Everything will be drawn down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when is this going to happen? What are the signs that these things are about to happen? He said, See that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, or the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he continued, saying to them, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be powerful earthquakes, famines, plagues from one place to another. Awesome sights at the mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all things happen, however, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and prisons. They will lead you before kings and governors, all because of your faith in my name. It will lead you to giving testimony. Remember, you are to prepare your defense ahead of time. For I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put you to death. You will be hastened and hated by other people, all because of my name. But not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe once or twice during the summer I was here, but most of the time I was away and serving at other parishes. So now I'm back after a hiatus for a while, and this is the reading God gives me. Like, get ready, it's a mess, the end is coming, things are going to fall apart, your life's all in shambles. Thank you, Jesus. Now I've got to do something with this. Well, I did something with it, I hope faithfully during the week as I prepared. And I looked at the readings and I said, you know what, this reading from Luke, first of all, you have to realize it's Luke's gospel. It was written after the great annihilation in Jerusalem. The temple had already been torn down. Uh, People literally, one stone wasn't standing upon another. One wall of the temple, which is still there, was left. We call it the Western or Wailing Wall. But 
Jerusalem went to a diaspora. People were spread all over the, the Hellenistic world. And things looked like it was the end. There were wars and excuse me, insurrections. There was plague, signs in the skies. Just imagine the Romans with their very, very sophisticated weaponry throwing bombs, or what they would call in somewhat bombs, into, into Jerusalem, destroying it. Because those Jews held on to their faith, they just wouldn't listen to the Romans. And on top of all that, those of you who are Christian, you suffered even worse. Don't forget, this is Luke looking back. That already happened. Those of you who are Christians weren't even accepted by your Jews, friends. The pagans didn't want you, so you were all going to be destroyed, turned over. Even your parents, if they weren't converts, they would have thrown you to the lions. This is Luke, knowing it already happened, he puts the words into Jesus' mouth as Jesus passed them on in his time. So it's a fulfillment, but it's not the end. That key word, that phrase, is very important. People say, oh, it's the end times. Remember 2000? Remember, I, I, there was one in the 60s. There's, you know, if you look through the history of the end times, there's always somebody, some philosopher, some religious character who said, oh, you know, pile up your, your food because the end is coming, the world's going to come to an end. I, I don't know what you would do with your food if the world's finishing, but that's another story. But they always say, pile up. Remember we used to have those bomb shelters at one period in our history? Guess what? You look back, oh, all gone. That didn't happen. You don't know when it's going to happen, Jesus says. We are not aware. And don't believe the false prophets. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. And sometimes, I mean, I don't see it much now, but in the city you used to see, you know, kooks running around with the signs, the end is near, repent, or do something else, God is coming. And even on the highway, last week I saw Jesus is coming, you better get ready. Yeah, but we don't know when. We, we don't know when. Jesus made that very clear. Luke didn't know that the end was coming, but he told the people in the words of Jesus, remember when the temple fell apart, it looked like it was the end of the world. Look at the Middle East. Every day it looks like the end of the world. Look at, look at sections of Africa, other countries, living there, w w drinking dirty water, eating pittance for food. That must look like the end of the world for those people. So there's another end that we're talking about, and it's the end of our lives, when our eyes close in death. Because the ultimate end, when Christ returns, we don't know when it is. Now, this is a happy-go-lucky pick-me-up homily, huh? Not, not so, but we'll get there, because there's hope. We're Christians, we focus on hope. Let's look at the other readings. And the first reading is, is just as happy-go-lucky as that gospel from Luke. You, you heard it, but eh, let me just re reiterate it. The day is coming, says the Lord, and be blazing like an oven when everything will be stubble. The day is coming when it will be set on fire, leaving neither root nor branch, says the Lord of hosts. Hello? You come to church to get a pick-me-up, and God's telling you, you're all going to hell, guys, with your shoes and socks on. It's all going to come to bad, bad stuff. Couldn't say that word. Again, I could say it, but it wouldn't be nice. But Malachi, who's not a prophet, we don't know who the author is, Malachi means my messenger. 
the messenger who wrote this lived during really difficult times, Babylonian captivity, uh, the persecution of the Jews. And he ends this section, this is only a few lines, 19 to 21 of chapter 3, he ends the section with, but for you who fear my name, there will arise the sun of justice with its healing rays. Now he just said that everything's going to be burnt to a crisp, but, but for those of you who fear my name, what is fear my name? Not like tremble. Fear my name is hold the name of God in awe. Respect it. You know how I, I guess all of us were taught to, I don't know if we all do it, I do it. When, when I hear the name of Jesus anywhere, read publicly, I, I nod. And one day, it was funny, this was at a, a convocation with a bunch of priests, and you figured they would all do that, well they didn't. So, but a little old man, a little old priest behind me, nodded, chapped me on the shoulder, says, I like the way you keep that devotion going, to bow my head at the name of Jesus. Well, it's not because I'm so holy, it's because I, re I reverence Jesus, and, and my fear of his name is not afraid, it's respect, awe. And Jesus, Paul tells us, every knee should bend, every head should bow at the name of Jesus, because he is our, not this one, son of light. Malachi is talking about the S-U-N, the sun in the sky of light. So he's given us poetic conversation saying God's rays of sunshine will brighten the hearts and lives of those who have reverence for him. But we can see that reading and we can say Jesus, the son of God, gives us that hope. If we reverence him, if we respect him in our lives, he gives us that hope. Where is this going? I think there's two themes to the scriptures today. Death is one, but the other is work. I'm not good with saying which generation is which with the numbers, the years, when they were born, you know, the Gen X and, and Millennials and Gen Y and blah, 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 all those others. I'm not good, so I, I, I don't use those terms because I screw them up all the time. So, but. I know in our society, and it's ironic being like diagonally to Stephen's tech, which is very interesting because those there are the opposite of what I'm going to say now. And those of students who are there, and I see a lot of you here, the opposite of what the scriptures are referring to now. You don't work, you don't eat. Thessalonians. In our society, we have a lot of people who don't work. Not because they're unemployed or underemployed or, or too ill to work. I'm talking about the lazy ones. Now, there's a generation in our society that has a lot of lazy ones. Regrettably, a lot of them fall into the youth category. Not children, but young adults. Too lazy to work. Did Paul talk about... 21st century? No, he talked about the first century. When the people, it's interesting, the people were saying to themselves, you know, God's coming back. Jesus is returning. So some would prepare, like the bunker shelter idea, prepare themselves, their lives, their families. Some of them said, oh, Jesus come back. I get a job. I'll leave off my mother and father. Why work? Jesus is coming. It's all going to be nothing anyway. So I'll put my, my feet up, or I'll lay in the street, or I'll just sleep until 4 o'clock in the afternoon and wake up and go out late at night. I don't know what they spend when they go out at that time. But anyway, they go out, have a good time, come back, sleep all day. They're not working. 
They're sleeping. Paul speaks to them and says, uh, We hear some of you are conducting yourselves in a disorderly way, but not keeping busy, but minding the busy busyness of others. We also want to instruct those people who are not working to work quietly, as we did, to earn their food, as Paul says he did. This is Paul, great theologian of the early church, on, on a level with Peter as far as the name of this parish, that image says it all. Peter and Paul were like top-notch men in the early church. They were figures of, of, of Christ. They were concrete images of what God is all about. So one of those, Peter, Paul, is saying to us today, I preach the gospel, I travel throughout the Mediterranean, Greece, Holy Land, did all that, preaching all the time, writing, dictating letters, and whenever I lived in a place for a while, I worked. Not preaching, I worked. He was a tent maker. I worked. Now this is Paul giving us an example of a very faithful leader in the church, the early church. I did my share. I expect you to do your share. He's very straightforward. You don't work, you don't eat. My grandmother used to say, mind your own business. Don't expect a handout. Paul didn't say, from the government, from the society, from the church, from the pantry. Don't expect those things. Work for it. Don't carry signs saying, I'm hungry, feed me. Go get a job. Paul's talking to those people, holding a sign up. God is coming, so I'm not going to work. What? This is Paul. This is the scriptures of the end. See how it all ties in? That Jesus wants us to be ready for him. Whether he comes now, today, or in a thousand years, doesn't really matter. Living the scriptures is what matters. And he's making it very clear today that you're not even going to be able to decipher when the end is coming. But get ready. Be ready. Now let's be, make it personal. Each one of us. Be ready. Be responsible. You, you have the gospel in front of you. You have Jesus available to us. What do we need? Love? Charity? Forgiveness? Justice? Helping people who are ill-employed, unemployed, or weak? The disabled? Get on your high horse and serve them. That's how you'll get ready for the sun of justice. Yeah, things are falling apart in your lives. We have unemployment, we have housing shortage, we have hunger, we have homelessness, and, and all the, right down the line. We, we know, 21st century, we know all that exists. But they are our signs. We're not supposed to be apathetic and look at, oh, lazy, and be judgmental. Lazy, handout, millennial, whatever the terms are. You know, eating off his mother's table, not doing anything. I'm speaking to those, maybe they don't hear me because they're not here, I don't know. But it's still not our role to be judgmental. We're still supposed to be people who hope in the son of justice. Who live in the son of justice and follow his guidelines. 
And his guidelines are very clear. You're going to be persecuted if you believe in my name. You will be handed over to, to, to the prosecutors, to the police, to the prisons, because of your faith in me. He's calling it clear. He's making it very clear. Be responsible. Whether you are, a, I don't want to point to anybody because you may not be seniors. I'm going to say, whether you are a senior, a young senior, or a kid, or there are definitely kids there, or college students. It doesn't matter what role, what age, wherever you are in our lives, we are called to be responsible to the King Jesus Christ. We're called to be responsible for our mission at that age, whether we are students, parents, single parents, unemployed, black, white, Chinese, it doesn't matter. We're called to be responsible for where we are. Quote, fear of the Lord. Making God, Jesus Christ, alive in our lives as we deal with one another with justice, as we prepare the world for his return in glory, as we don't fear the inevitable, but look forward to the Son of Justice because we're faithful to him. There's always going to be poverty. There's always going to be war. There's always going to be one nation who wants that nation's property or, or, or chemistry or products, and they're going to go after it illegally. We as a nation, and as a people, have to stand up for justice. We have to let our voices be heard. Because if not, when the Son of Justice returns, and he finds that we're just sitting on our hands, being lazy, oh, you're going to get it. What, is, what does Malachi say? The day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and evildoers will be like stubble, and they'll be set on fire, You'll be trashed. Yeah, you want to call that hell? I don't know. You could. You can call it hell on earth. You can call it suffering. You can call it pride. I don't care what you call it. But you get the point. I think we all get the point. We are Christians. We've been given the greatest gift since, since creation. Jesus Christ in the flesh. God in the flesh. To be our guide, to be our role model, to be our brother, to be our Savior. We have that. And at his name, every head should bow and every knee should bend and then get up and go live the gospel of hope, Jesus. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu.
Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. It's not too late to make someone's holiday season a special one. Start now as an Amazon delivery station warehouse associate to earn some extra money for the holidays. You'd help bring joy to thousands near you by preparing packages and loading them up for their final delivery. With night and early morning shifts available through the new year, you'd also have the flexibility to spend time with your loved ones. To start as a delivery station associate, go to amazon.com slash holiday work. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer.